Hello, I'm Natalie Gregoire-Skeet and I am UK Financial Services Sustainable Finance Markets Lead at EY and I am a co-founder of CFA UK's Black Professionals and Allies Network. Welcome to the latest episode of the CFA UK In Conversation podcast. This is the show for investment professionals focusing on a whole manner of topics and interesting insights that are affecting the profession today. In this episode, I am talking to Shauna Lane, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Credit Suisse UK. Sean is also the current Powerlist Executive of the Year and the Black British Awards Financial Services Senior Leader of the Year. Together, we will chart his rise to success and learn more about his journey. So Sean, thank you for joining us at this podcast today. What attracted you to a career in financial services? Thank you, Natalie. Huge thanks for having me here. It's great to to get to sit down and have a chat with you. Um, so I, I guess my journey and and what attracted me to financial services um, was probably a reasonably traditional route. I, I'd, I'd been to university and studied economics, um, but actually it's probably a tale of what I wasn't quite sure as to what I wanted to do. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do something within business, probably something more in the service sector, um, financial services, but not quite sure. So I went on and took the very traditional route of um, becoming a chartered accountant. But I started my career actually off up in Manchester, um, which meant that I saw a huge variety of things in that training experience, which could have been one day looking at um, public sector education, another day doing manufacturing, another day doing consumer. Um, but but the reality is that the size and scale of some of those businesses as well meant that I saw end-to-end a lot more about what was going on. I soon did realize that I, I did want to explore that financial services side more. I'd done some of that at university, and it was very convenient that my wife, wasn't my wife at the time, um, was living down in London. So I transferred halfway through my training contract and joined one of the financial services divisions. And that really opened up the whole range of things that were were, were out there and, and, and available. So financial services sometimes seems like a single, more homogenous group. But clearly, I then spent a, a lot of time doing whether it was insurance, whether it was general insurance, life insurance, some of the London market stuff. Um, I did brokerages. Um, I touched on some banking or relatively little. But again, that experience uh, whetted my appetite, I think, to um, that range of opportunities, the size and scale of the financial services industry. Um, and actually, I, I found the people fascinating. I found some of the most innovative, brightest, most dynamic people with actually a very broad range of perspectives. Uh, so at that stage, again, I took that very traditional route of still not being quite sure what I wanted to do, but joined um, a bank as, as an internal auditor. And actually, I spent a significant amount of my time um, with an internal audit. But again, given me that opportunity um, and maybe that slightly younger self view of if I enter and I do something more general, I'll eventually work out exactly what it is I wanted to do. I pretty quickly realized that it was more about what I enjoyed, the skills that I brought to the table that that, that, that helped me um, choose where I went and what that direction was. But that that was really my my traditional route into financial services and into banking. So if you were to give your younger self some advice on how to get into banking or the investment industry and how to shine, what would you say? And maybe you could also touch on your experience or your background from going from Jamaica to the UK and working in London. 
I always like that question. It does make me chuckle slightly because um, I'm not so sure that my younger self would necessarily have listened <laughs> to, to some of that advice. Um, and probably that would have helped me avoid some of the mistakes or or maybe some of the, uh, shall I more politely say, experimenting with, with different approaches that, that went through. But it, it, in all seriousness, for me, it's really important as part of that overall journey to to be accepting that you will make some mistakes, you'll make some stumbles. You don't intentionally go to seek them, but but that's all part of that that growth experience. And and it is, in fact, I I think essential for growth. The the important thing is how do you respond to those challenges, those mistakes, and what do you learn from them? How do you take that forward and build it into to, to, to the next steps that you take? But for me, the piece of the defining part of that experience is as I continued to develop my career is that you do see a lot of different role models um, or or people who bring traits or characteristics or act in particular circumstances in a way that you either, hopefully, most of the time, take as a positive. I would like to be able to do that. I would like to be able to emulate that behavior. And actually, equally, sometimes you go, absolutely no way that is not how I want to be perceived as a leader as a team uh, as another member of the team um, and I think it's how you continue to look at and see and take the positive experience out of anything and any situation that you work in I think though one of the characteristics again that you have to bring is to be open and be a bit like a sponge when you're early in that career you've got to ask the questions you've got to to accept being challenged you've got to take away and, and maybe put that extra thought behind why has somebody asked you to do something why are we taking that particular direction people often don't just do things randomly so it's really about how do you um uh try and look behind maybe some of the the, the symptoms of the superficial actions that, that, that you're seeing as opposed to judging it purely on on that end product um and again maybe back to your 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 earlier piece of that experience as a Jamaican I think you need to remember uh, and make sure really that you don't forget to be yourself I think organizations now recognize and see and value better some of that difference whereas a lot of us come in and maybe attempted to conform in order to be accepted and you start to potentially lose some of your individuality um whether it is that you sometimes have to modify your speech, whether it's the dress code, whether it's other things, uh, I think that's clearly far less so today. But what I'm talking about is that inherent, what is your perspective that you bring that I think is really valuable to the table? And and, and you've got to remember that as you go through, as you start to build your career. Um, but, and at the risk of stating the obvious, Natalie, I wouldn't, um, that's not say bring your your Friday night party self to work. <laughs> we recognize um, maybe some of the, um, the the ways you have to navigate and work within an organization, but you can still bring yourself and your personality and your thought and your perspective to the table. And then I think the final thing I'd probably say is, um, you know, you've got to think about as you go through your career from the very start, the culture that you create. How do you make an impact on others? Just doing the day job and the core responsibilities is often not enough. It's about how do you contribute to that wider culture of the firm or leave that impact that you want to be 
seen for. And you can do that in very simple ways. I think that's about how do you mentor? It's how do you um, volunteer? It, it's, it's where do you even pick up on some of those wider activities that help you grow as a person professionally, not just within the immediate confines of your responsibility. And for me, one, one of the things that I found most revealing was many years ago, I took up a role as a trustee. Incredibly challenging, large um, charity, large large multi-academy trust. But I found it one of the most richly rewarding experiences in a completely different sector. And I found that it helped me hone some of my skills, take some of my experience, apply it to a completely different perspective. And actually what I learned through that, bring back into my day job um, per se, uh, here at Credit Suisse. So again, I think you've got to think about all those things contribute to that much wider culture that you bring, and you've got to think of your impact overall. It'll also make the experience just so much richer. That's brilliant. There's a, a lot that was really helpful there, particularly about bringing your personality to work. And what do you think, have you noticed any broader changes within the, the industry as you progressed in your career? As a Jamaican who came over here when I was doing my A-levels, I've clearly seen change. What happens now is I no longer have to overtly justify myself or my existence or my seat. However, it still does leave some of the challenges that I'd have faced all the way back then. 17 was a very long time ago for me right now. And I still see some of those things outside of the workplace. What I think we have seen is overall societal change. And I think that's also reflected a little bit within the financial services industry. The conversations, the need to think whether DNI driving that diversity, that equity, that inclusion is good for business has gone. What you end up with, though, is I think it is now just part of that business strategy. Most see that it is a driver of success and is an imperative. And importantly, we're seeing clients, we're seeing some broader external stakeholders start to insist on it as well. So again, I think that creates a bit more of a, a virtuous cycle. And again, I think we've moved from, you know, statements of support to real strategies that are looking at trying to define outcomes and has been judged in terms of the outcomes. And then you see that supplemented and built on by having targets, um, which again leads to hopefully that systemic change that we need. And, and we clearly need that systemic change. The, the, the results and the outcomes of how we've done things in the past clearly haven't brought that representation that we need. And we assume that that representation hopefully starts to be a starting proxy for how we drive inclusion and therefore that wider diversity of thought. One further point, just specifically on your leadership of the UK Credit Suisse Black Talent Programme and how that fits into that broader DEI piece that you were also discussing. It was an interesting one because it's something that I do and would have done and always have done anyway, going back to talking about what I felt helped enrich my career and journey so far. But the difference in the opportunity was that as an organization, we had taken it from well-meaning individuals and people trying to do the right thing overall and decided to treat it like a business imperative, like a program where we need to drive change as we would do with any number of other priorities. Um, and as soon as we moved it to that footing, actually what you ended up what we ended up doing was uh, making sure that we got the right people around the table whose jobs it was 
to look at those underlying processes to come up and help drive and run and support what we needed to do in order to create something more sustainable. And for me, that was about that sustainable change, looking at everything. There were no sacred cows as to how you go back, looking at the, the processes but uh, and driving that through strong data. But importantly, I think we needed to take a step back and actually listen and understand the lived experience of um, or black talent here within um, within the UK. Um, and a few simple things came out of that, which which actually are remarkably straightforward. We we drove a mentoring scheme, and that really connected all of our black talent who wanted it with a managing director. And actually, I was overwhelmed by the fact that our senior leaders within the UK openly stepped forward right the way to some of our EXB members, to some of our newer managing directors. And that immediately created a greater connection across the organization so that our black talent could see and benefit from that leadership. But what I also wanted, and naturally a lot of the MDs have come back and said they've benefited from, was that ability for them to see and walk in the shoes of some of our younger Black employees and realize that there is a real difference in that lived experience. The experiences they leave the building and are, are out in their daily lives as they um, come into the building. It, it's maybe a perspective that I don't think has often um, been seen by some of our most senior leaders, or even if it has been in the past, um, the distance grows over time. And that, for, for me, is one of the key things, is having those, 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 those real conversations, those difficult conversations to see and understand what, what's, what, what's going on. And really, it's that talk that we've also expanded on, just making sure that we create those safe spaces and those opportunities to share that experience and to, to particularly post-George Floyd, um, it's given people a license to, to actually help explain and educate and build that momentum that we've needed. Um, the other bit that we just touched on, I guess, Natalie, would be the employee resource groups or, 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 or networks. And again, I've been very deliberate in hopefully what I was trying to set up earlier was that we've gotten people together and around the table whose job it is to do the doing, it's their day job. The employee network, I think, is is needs to come into the room and is a key advocate. The, their day job isn't to drive that change. We wouldn't run any other strategic change using volunteers. I don't think that's fair. What they are is a loud voice to help advocate for where things should be going, to reflect for us the experience. And then they provide that momentum, that, that, that resource to... To, to, to maybe deliver some of that cultural change. Well, we can't keep asking or black talent or, or other minorities or key advocates or allies or supporters to do that voluntarily alone. The firm needs to take a step forward and actually own some of it in, in, in driving that delivery. But the positive friction, I think, that the networks and those resource groups can create is invaluable to continue to reinforce what it is that we've set out to do. Brilliant. And just the question looking forward, where do you think we, we speaking as the industry, should focus next? What steps do you think will open our industry to more diverse talent going forward? We're very early on that journey. And, and I, I hope, given my previous answer, whilst I can see externally, broader societal and within the industry, some change, 
we are still at the start of that journey. And I think your question kind of reflects that. Progress at times is still too slow and we still clearly don't have that representation that we need to do. The, the outcomes just can't make sense given where we are as a society and just are not reflective of, 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 of the society within which we live yet, um, not proportionally. Um, but for me, we still need to really reinforce and reinvigorate some of that conversation. We can't let that fall away. A few years now, post George Floyd, we got that rally in, we got that broader support. Um, but we need to continue to find a way to drive um, some of that momentum. And for me, that momentum probably comes in a, a couple of, of, of ways. The first one I'd suggest is at those early years of people's careers, we, we need to continue to create that positive pipeline. Here at Credit Suisse, for instance, one of the things that we've been doing is apprenticeships. Um, again, I think it just opens up that wider demographic. And, and actually, again, the benefit of this is that it's not just about black talent. It's about a much wider cohort of getting diverse pipeline. We, we, we still continue to support and drive or a university sponsorship program called Steps to Success. And again, we're into our 12th year, I want to say, and that has grown. And what we have created, I hope, is a strong community who have started their careers, have been given access to, to the organization to build their experience as interns while still at university, as well as remove some of that burden by sponsorship through, through, through university. And again, or internships in general, just how do we widen that pipeline? So if you can create that momentum and that, that flow um, of the early years, it helps start to build some of that future. I still think at a, at a senior level, we have a lot more work to do. And fundamentally, we can't keep going out there saying that we want to change that representation and then asking for exactly the same things we have done for time immemorial. Because it, it's going to, if, if I ask and I set the same criteria, the same sort of experience, we know by definition that experience and isn't reflective of where the talent is. We need to look far more at the skills, at the potential. Um, I think we need to open up where we see as those indicators of future success far more, rather than trying to fit it into the very narrow boxes, which I think perpetuates the, the ongoing status quo. Um, and I think that's really an important piece, which would bring me on to the final point, is that if you can... If you can start to reconsider how your earliest pipeline is, how you change that senior demographic, you you know we don't like the talent, but we need leaders and organizations to step up and own that and to continue to move it away from being having to be a conscious effort to being just the way they do things, being fundamentally within their DNA as to the, 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 the pieces that they value. And, and that leadership yes, comes from tone at the top, comes from set and strategy, but I think comes throughout organizations. It comes from everybody who has a leadership role to play in doing and delivering on that change that we want. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Sean, and thank you for chatting to me. And thank you to everyone for listening. Remember to look out for the next episode of our In Conversation podcast through the usual CFA UK email and social media channels. You can also subscribe so that you don't miss an episode through CFA UK SoundCloud channel or Apple Podcasts. Thank you again, Sean. Thanks, Natalie.